Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of The Views from the 573, the final show of 2021. As we're a day out from New Year's Eve and a couple days out from the first day of 2022. Thank you all for joining us on this pod and for all the pods throughout the year on both channels. We really appreciate it and keeping up with the latest stuff coming from us. Of course, we're rolling along in bowl season with college football bowl season, getting into some of the more bigger and more anticipated bowl games here in the next couple days, especially with the college football playoff taking place tomorrow. Alabama taking on Cincinnati and Michigan and Georgia facing each other. But, of course, we got some other bowl games going on. We got a really exciting one tonight with Pitt and Michigan State. We got a bowl game going on right now with North Carolina and South Carolina. Looks like my pick is going to be wrong there. And I got my guys playing today against Purdue. So we're rolling along with bowl season. That's where we're going to talk a little bit first. I know we did it last week, but we're going to talk about it first since we got some bowl games that are going to be coming up here right now. Of course, again, the Carolina game with, with South Carolina and North Carolina and the Dukes Mail Bowl is going on right now. So we're going to go ahead and get our bowl picks out of the way. And we'll head on to the NFL. There's actually a lot of stuff connected to the NFL that we'll talk about with passing of John Men, with COVID, and with the protocols being changed. And of course, the final couple games of the season with week 17, the normal week that a season would end, but not anymore. So we're going to talk about all that on this edition of the podcast. And you can check out the podcast, where you guys get your podcast, whatever your preference is, whether it's Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can check out the entertainment channel as well. We just have uploaded a couple new entertainment episodes. If you want to check them out, we uploaded our Spider-Man No Way Home reaction pod last week. And this week, we uploaded a pod with... A surprise Batman trailer. We talked a little bit about Hawkeye. And we updated our MCU rankings. So if you want to know what our updated MCU rankings look like now with nine new projects added into the fold. Be sure to go check that pod out. Again, where you guys get your podcasts. So with that being said, let's head on into bowl season. And let's talk about some of the games that have happened since we last talked. And... Of course, we have had some that have been canceled. Uh, and just looking at it, Memphis and Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl, that's been canceled. The Military Bowl between ECU and Boston College was canceled. The Holiday Bowl, which was, I believe, last night with UCLA and NC State, that was canceled. I was looking forward to that one. And looking forward to this one as, as well. The Fenway Bowl between Virginia and SMU, so... Four bowl games canceled. I think you're still a little bit worried about if some more are going to get canceled down the line. But so far, there's only been those cancellations. And I think you got to be thankful for that. That There's only been a handful of cancellations. You've had some teams go to some different bowl games. So, you got to hope for the best in these times. And so far, I mean, four bowl games is about being canceled. I mean, it sucks, but it's the best you can do right now. And thankfully... It's not more. So, let's take a look at last week's ball games that we picked. Of course, we started off with the Gasparilla Bowl with Florida and UCF. 
battle between the two Florida teams. And uh, that one was going to be a, a, a fun one between those two teams. And UCF ended up on top in this bowl game. And Florida, Emory Jones, he played in this game. He's going to be transferring out of the program pre- right now and finding a new spot for him. But UCF, they get the win here. And Gus Malzahn's first season and close it out on a really strong note. 29-17 to 17 was the final score of that one. So congrats to UCF for winning that game, for knocking off Florida. And uh, putting up an impressive 17 points in that third quarter. It's our first ever win against Florida in any setting, regular season, bowl season. So, congrats to the Golden Knights and taking down the Gators. As the Gators, they uh, they head off with the new coach and Billy Napier. Finish the season off 6-7. and seven. So, if you're Florida, you hope Napier gets the turns the ship around the right way. Gets it going in the right direction. And uh, go from there. So there's the Gasparilla Bowl. The Frisco Classic. Which uh, I took North Texas in. And beating Miami of Ohio. But Miami of Ohio said no to that. They win 27-14. to 14. Big Ben's alma mater. With uh, a quarterback with the familiar sounding last name. And uh, if you're wondering why. Yeah. This is Blaine Gabbert's brother. Brent Gabbert. Who's the quarterback. At Miami of Ohio, and actually a decent season for him. 26 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, not too shabby for him. And I uh, had a really good day in this bowl game. 70% completion percentage, 230 yards, and 2 touchdowns as well. So, Miami of Ohio, they move on and they get this bowl win. So, congrats to them. Next up, we got the Camilla Bowl. With Georgia State and Ball State. And I went with Georgia State on this one. Of course, I have history (laughs) with Georgia State. Well, my team has history with Georgia State. But I went and picked the Panthers to go and win this one. And yeah, they won this one in convincing fashion. 51-20. to Like, holy crap. And they really turned it on there in that third quarter. Scoring 28 points. Really putting the game out of reach there and taking home the trophy in this one so they move on to eight and five as ball state falls to six and seven to end their season next up the quick lane bowl with nevada and western michigan of course we talked about last week if carson strong was going to play in this game he did not play in this game and i said that western michigan would have a pretty good day if, uh, if he didn't play, if Strong did play, then it might be a little bit tougher. And Western Michigan, they definitely won big time here, winning 52-24. to Really scoring in that first half, getting 31 points up on the board, with making it 31-10. So, they had a really good day. They had a couple rushers reaching over 100 yards. Sean Tyler, Jackson Kincaid. Reaching over 100 yards rushing for both of them. So they really won this game on the ground, you could say. And Western Michigan, they take down Nevada and cap off their season with the, with the win. You always want, want to do that 
when it's bowl season to try to cap your season off with a win. And so Western Michigan, they move on to 8-5. and five. Next up, we have the Birmingham Bowl between number 20 Houston and Auburn. Of course, Auburn had a rough stretch, a rough time with Alabama. And overtime, that game going to four overtimes. Houston looking really good. This is actually a low-scoring game, really fun game between these two. Houston scores late in this game, winning 17-13, getting a 12-win season, and beating an SEC team with Clayton Toon, Houston's quarterback, having a really solid day, rushing the ball a whole lot, but also doing a really good job in the passing game, 26-40, and two touchdowns. So Houston wins the Birmingham Bowl, a kind of de facto home game for Auburn, but Houston wins this one and caps their season off with their 12th win of the 2021 season. Next up, the first responder bowl between Louisville and Air Force. This was a high-scoring game, particularly for the people on Air Force early on, especially in the passing game. Usually Air Force, usually these military teams are more running teams, well, Air Force decided to air it out today, only throwing 10 passes, but was 9-10 to 10 throwing the ball, 252, two, two touchdowns, and uh, they went 31-28, to 28, really went a close one there that went down to the wire. So Air Force, they, that was their 10th win of the season. So congrats to Air Force for getting this ball game, winning this one. I know it means a lot to them, and getting their 10th win of the season. Next up, we have the Liberty Bowl between Texas Tech and Mississippi State. Of course, one of the storylines in this game is Mike Leach facing off against one of his former teams in Texas Tech. And I really expected a high-scoring game with both these teams. And Texas Tech did most of the scoring. 34-7. to not a good day for Mississippi State at all. Just a, not a good day at the office for them. And Texas Tech coming in with an interim head coach. And they they just came in. And, you know, bowl games, There's a, it determines, a, a lot of who wins these games determines who's more motivated to be here and maybe who's more motivated than the other team. Both teams can be motivated. But who is who feels more motivated to win this game? Is it this team or that team? And I think Texas State was more motivated to win this game as they went 34-7 to and head off with a new coach in the right direction, 7-6. and But for Mississippi State, there's a lot to build on, especially with the season that Will Rogers had. He's only a sophomore. He's going to be coming back next year, going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the, in the SEC. Along with Bryce Young and then Hooker, you got a couple guys leaving, like Matt Corral. So, really good stuff there for Texas Tech and winning that one and getting a win over an SEC team. Might I add, the SEC is now withstanding of these two bowl games this afternoon, 0-4 in their bowl games with Auburn, Mississippi State, with Florida, and with Missouri all losing. So, South Carolina and Tennessee got to pick up the slack for the SEC today. They got to pick it up for them. 
and they got to wait to see some of these other bowl games that are happening with Kentucky, Alabama, Georgia, Texas ain't no Texas A&M since they're out. So they got to pick it up right here. So that game's happened. That game's done. And so moving on to the next one, let's talk about Minnesota and West Virginia. And they were in the guaranteed rate bowl. And I went with Minnesota on this one. I really like the job PJ Fleck has, has done there. And Minnesota with a strong second quarter, scoring 15 points in the second quarter before heading into the half, wins 18 to 6, a really low scoring game. But I think if you're Minnesota, you take it nonetheless. And you got you got a nine win season for PJ Fleck right here. And you head off into 2022 on a positive note. So, Minnesota wins the guaranteed rate bowl. Now, let's move on to the pinstripe bowl with Virginia Tech and Maryland. I really expected Virginia Tech to come out and win this game. Maybe that was not smart on my part because of everything with Virginia Tech and them not having a coach. But, I mean, hey, Texas Tech did it. But, Virginia Tech... Uh, they end the season on a really sour note, uh, losing to Maryland 54-10 to in the pinstripe bowl with a Tua's little brother having a really good day, 20-24, 265, two touchdowns. Not a bad day for him, and uh, they really put it on there in that in that second half. It was 24-10 to at the end of the first half, so it was still manageable for Virginia Tech. But uh, Maryland... Put, put their foot on the gas pedal and really stormed Virginia Tech off that field in the second half. So, Maryland wins the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Next up, we had the Cheez-Its Bowl last night. One of the games I was looking forward to with Clemson and Iowa State. Both With both teams being coached by really good program builders and Matt Campbell and Dabo Sweeney. And, you know, Clemson... Maybe motivation was a, was a question mark. How motivated would they be to come in and play in this game? But uh, Dabo got that team coached up, ready to play in this game, and they certainly did. Coming in with two new coordinators, of course, Venables is now at Oklahoma. He's getting his stuff ready there. And Tony Elliott, he's now going to be the coach at Virginia. And so Clemson got an early look with their two new coordinators, and, and not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Iowa State had a chance to win this one late, uh, but just could not come through there at the end. But it looked like Brock Purdy was going to get the first down and continue the game, but fumbles it. It's behind the first down marker, and Clemson gets the ball back, and that's your ball game. So Clemson gets a 10-win season, wins 20-13, and wins the Cheez-Its Bowl. So congrats to the Clemson Tigers on that bowl game. And then the next game and final game that we had to pick was the Alamo Bowl between Oklahoma and Oregon. Both these teams getting new coaches. And you got Bob Stoops on the sideline for Oklahoma in the interim bowl. So, flashback a few years ago. That's kind of crazy. But Bob Stoops comes in this bowl game. And I think you guys got us fired up. 
even though it was an interim game for him where he was going to be on the sideline for just this one game. But props to Oklahoma for coming out and really pouring it on Oregon early and really putting a deficit to where Oregon had trouble catching up and really needed points fast. And Oregon tried their best. They put up 22 in that sec- in that third quarter and tried to move the ball in that fourth quarter. But to no avail, Oklahoma had a really strong second quarter, uh, putting up 24 points in that quarter. Wins 47-32. to 32. So, Oklahoma ends the season in, a win- in the win column. Heading off into the new era with Brent Venables. And Oregon gets a loss here, but they're heading off to, hopefully for them, a new and bright direction with Dan Lanning taking over as soon as he gets done with his duties with the Georgia Bulldogs. So, everybody, that is this week in the bowl season. And of course, again, we got North Carolina, South Carolina playing right now. Uh, right now, South Carolina is looking like the winner right there. But again, it's the first quarter. As, as the moment that we're taping this, so, you know, something could definitely change by the time I get this pot out. And then, you got Purdue and Tennessee playing today. Tennessee's a slight favorite in this bowl game. You got some players missing for Purdue and with some opt-outs with David Bell and, and a couple others on that Purdue team sitting out. So, I feel really good about my boys coming in here. De facto home game for them in Nashville playing at Nissan Stadium. Uh, that's going to that's gonna be a quick turnaround for uh, Nissan Stadium since they got this ball game on Thursday. And then you got the Titans and the Dolphins playing on Saturday. So, uh, on Sunday, rather. So, big turnaround right there to get that field ready. Uh, that. That could be something to watch for the, the Titans-Dolphins game. But uh, I I really like my guys in here. Cap off a season in which they really proved a lot of people wrong, including me, and how the Josh Heupel era was going to start. And uh, so far, it's gone, it's gone how I wanted it to be. An explosive offense, good culture setting, first season right here, build some consistency. And uh, what better way to do it than to win a bowl game in your home state, and take you on against a Purdue team that was that's been pretty strong this year. So I'm taking Tennessee here to finish off their season in five. So looking at the other games that we got going on today and the next couple days, we got a couple games later tonight with the Pe- uh, the Peach Bowl between Michigan State and Pitt. Uh, both top 15 ranked teams heading into this game. So it should be a fun one. You should also keep in mind of who or who might be setting these games out. Uh, due to opt-outs or maybe COVID-related stuff. But uh, this should be a fun one. We'll have to see if somebody like Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker decides to sit out during this game. But uh, this should be a fun one at Mercedes-Benz Stadium late tonight between two really strong teams. And you know what? I think 
I'll go. I'll play it safe. I'll go with the Pitt Panthers here. If if I, let's see, I want to make sure that Kenneth Walker. I want to see if he's playing because that could be a deciding factor right here. So let's see if he is sitting out during this game. Um, I mean, you never know with some of these guys. Some of these guys wouldn't want to play. And I think he is going to sit out as well as Kenny Pickett. So you're going to get a new look at some of these guys filling in for their roles early on in uh, in this game. So really kind of a interesting game to see how this goes. You know what? Screw it. I'll take Pitt in this game. But uh, we'll see what happens. Up next, the Las Vegas Bowl. Wisconsin and Herm uh, versus Herm Edwards in Arizona State. I think you guys gotta know where I'm going here. I'm not. I, I'm not using any logic for this one. I think you you know where I'm going with this one. And then we got our playoff semifinals right here. Gonna be a couple fun ones, I hope. With the Orange Bowl, Michigan versus Georgia. And uh, right now, we know Georgia, they're rolling with Stetson Bennett in this game. He's definitely going to be the starter for them. As, uh, they've had some COVID stuff happen to, <laughs> they've had some COVID stuff happen to them with uh, JT Daniels. So, I mean, the question was brought back up again. But uh, this should be a fun one with really two strong defenses. Of course, Michigan, they're led by a couple of stud defensive ends in Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojogbo. And then on the other side, Georgia, they have their guys in Jordan Davis, Javon Walker, Quay Walker, Jalen Carter, Devont, Tay Wyatt. They got a lot of guys on that defense. So it should be a fun game to see who really wins in the trenches. I think that's going to be the key battles. Who wins in the trenches? Is it Michigan? Is it Georgia? I wonder if I'm, I I want to see how much Michigan looks at that Georgia tape from Georgia and Alabama and the SEC championship. So there might be something there. There might be something there. So you know what? Screw it. I am going to go with the Wolverines here to knock off Georgia. So give me Jim Harbaugh. Then win another big game. This will be his third big win in a row if this happens. And knock off the Georgia Bulldogs. Next up, Alabama and Cincinnati. You guys probably know I want Cincinnati to win this game. And Cincinnati does have a lot going for it right now. That could really help them out. Right now, Alabama does not have John Mechie with them. He's out for the year, torn ACL in the SEC Championship. And so, that really helps Alabama's case here going against Cincinnati. With uh, with them having a couple good corners in that back end with Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, who's the Jim Thorpe Award winner. And so you got two really strong corners right there. And Alabama, you're missing one of your weapons. So that means you can have one or the other. Shadow, Jameson Williams, who's been awesome for Alabama this year. And then 
you can have your other guy maybe not play as aggressive on the other wide receiver since it's not John Mechie. So maybe that could help out Cincinnati right there with their back end. Their secondary is really strong. That's probably the best part of their defense with those two guys leading the way. And you got some more studs on that defense. X factor for this game is probably going to be Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati's quarterback, I think. Uh, we know what Bryce Young can do. He's the Heisman winner. But I think the X factor for this one and determining how this game will go, I think, is going to be Desmond Ritter and how much success he has going against maybe the best team he's ever faced in college football. So we'll see how this goes. I, I think I'm going to pick Bama. Just to be safe here. But Cincinnati does have a couple things going for him there. And so I'll take Bama here to be safe. But I mean, I think, I, I mean, I know there's probably a lot of people that would really want Cincinnati to win this game. So give me Alabama and Michigan. And that would set up for an Alabama versus Michigan title game. Really, a uh, really interesting title game to see how that goes. And if that unfolds, to see how. Bryce Young can deal with those two pass rushers from Michigan and see how he can handle them. So, those are the college football semifinal games that are going on tomorrow. But uh, we got a couple others going on. We got the Gator Bowl, which, of course, Texas A&M is not playing in it. Rutgers has replaced them. Wake Forest is playing them. Uh, Wake Forest here, I think, I, I would say it's it would be more maybe more of a coin flip if A&M was in there, but maybe Zach Calzada, who transferred out, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. So I'm going with like fours here to win this one. The Sun Bowl, of course, a couple things being changed there. That's not happening. That's another game that's been canceled due to Miami. So Washington State, they are playing Central Michigan in the Arizona Bowl and taking and playing in that one. Central Michigan was missing an opponent in that game as well. So Washington State and Central Michigan, Michigan, not the bowl game that we thought it was going to be. But here we are. And so and taking a look at it, just based off of reading some stuff from Central Michigan and reading some stuff off of Washington State, I I do feel a little bit more safe going with probably with Central Michigan, most likely. I do feel a little bit more safe in uh in that matchup and picking them. But again, that's why that's why you play the games. So yeah, I think I'll take Central Michigan in this game. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how both these teams adjust to. This game with obviously with both their opponent, original opponents in, in their bowl games, not being ready to play, not getting to play due to COVID protocol. So, give me the Chippewas to take on the Cougars and knock them off and uh, win the Arizona Bowl. So, next up, we got the Outback Bowl. One that I'm sure, as you all know, Peter Lewis is very much looking forward to seeing Penn State lose. I mean, win in uh, in this game. I do want to see this game. I want to see if Penn State can match up against Arkansas. I'm sure he, even if this game went on and this game definitely was played, he want he would want 
the Hawks to smash Penn State. And yeah, I'm I think I'm going with the Hawks to win this one. So Peter, you're getting your wish, at least in my book, that Penn State is gonna lose this game. Some way, somehow. Next up we got the Citrus Bowl. With number 15, Iowa, number 22, Kentucky, a top 25 ranked matchup between these two teams. And uh, really curious about how this game's going to go. I think it's probably going to go a little bit uh, more the slow end with, of course, Kentucky liking liking to run. Iowa, being a Big Ten team, probably like to run a little bit more as well. So... I'm I listen. Iowa's been a good team all year long as well. They've had a couple bumps in the road, and uh, oh man, but Kentucky has been good too. They've had some really impressive games this this season. Yeah, I don't. This is a coin flip for me. I expect somewhat. It's gonna be. A game that's going to be in the, an in-the-trenches type of game. You don't screw it. I'll take Kentucky. I'll take Kentucky to win this game. Why not? Uh, the Fiesta Bowl. A top 10 ma- matchup between teams in the Fiesta Bowl. Notre Dame coming in at number 5. And Oklahoma State coming in at number 9. Of course, Oklahoma State having a strong finish to their season. So, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, both having really good seasons, 10, 11 wins each. I really am curious how Notre Dame comes out of this game, of course, with all the stuff with Ryan Kelly and them hiring Marcus Freeman and all that stuff taking place since we last saw them. Should be uh, It should be interesting to see how that goes around. Oklahoma State, you really like how they played all season long. This is kind of a coin flip for me, too. Uh, Oklahoma State got has a good defense, has faced a tougher schedule than Notre Dame. But Notre Dame has played really good football here down the stretch on both sides of the ball. And they probably have a little bit more of a reliable offense than Oklahoma State. So I think, with that being said, I think we're going to go with Notre Dame here. Uh, get a win for their new coach and start off on the right foot. Uh, Rose Bowl or the Urban Meyer Bowl with Iowa with Ohio State coming in number six in, in the country, ten and two versus Utah coming in at number eleven at ten and three. Utah's had a really good end to their season in winning the Pac-12 championship really convincingly in a. Actually beating Oregon convincingly twice this season. And so, Utah, they are not a team that Ohio State should overlook. You have to imagine Utah is going to try to look at some of the stuff that Michigan did against Ohio State and work with that. Kyle Whittingham, you know he's, he's always got his teams ready to go with Utah. And we're just going to see how Utah can handle the the speed of Ohio State with the talent that they got. 
But again, they've taken on Oregon twice, a team that beat Ohio State and knocked them off. So it's entirely possible Utah wins this game. I think I will lean towards Ohio State. But I think Utah will make this a very fun game. But I think the Buckeyes, they're going to come out and win this Rose Bowl game. Head off into 2022. On a positive note, with all the weapons that they got coming back, C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba, and you got a couple other wide receivers in that wide receiver room that are going to step up with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson leaving. They're going to be fine. So really exciting to see how uh, how this game is going to go. Next up, the Sugar Bowl. This should be a fun one. Number seven, Baylor, 11-2. Number eight, Ole Miss, 10-2. This should be a fun one in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, down in New Orleans. So, I'm really excited about this one. Should be a fun, exciting game for both these programs. And a really, it could be a really big stepping stone for both of them heading into next season. And so, I think one thing, of course, we got to look at is Matt Corral playing. Is Matt Corral going to play for Ole Miss one more time? And uh, let's take a look at that. I want to see if he is playing in this bowl game. Google's not giving me anything right now. I think it looks like he is going to be uh, playing in this game. So, that's a huge advantage there for Ole Miss having their star quarterback and coming back and playing in this game and not opting out. So, that's huge for them. But, as I said, this should be a fun, exciting game for both these teams. Really good for both these teams if they get a win here. Head off to 2022 in a... Really, really good direction, especially for Baylor. Over against a really good Ole Miss team. That's a that's been really good all year, and they're playing, and their star quarterback is playing. I'm curious how Baylor will match up against Matt Corral and see how they handle him with his ability to throw as well, the his, his ability to use his legs. But uh, hey, listen, Dave Aranda's got this Baylor team playing really good. There's a reason they won the Big 12 championship. And so, you know what? Screw it. I'll take Baylor. I'll take Baylor with a, with what some, with what some people might consider maybe a slight upset. And, and, taking, and taking on one of the top quarterbacks in the country, one of the top offenses in the country. And I think maybe slow him down a little bit. So, screw it. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take Baylor there. Next up, the Texas Bowl between Kansas State and LSU. The final bowl game that we're officially picking this bowl season. Of course, LSU, with their new coach, Brian Kelly, they're going to be having an interim coach in this game. And I'm curious how motivated they'll be. Again, that's another factor you got to consider. Motivation, how big of a factor that is. And how these bowl games will go. You know what? Yeah, I think I'll go Kansas State here. 
I think with the season they've had, they've been inconsistent. Three wins, three losses, four wins, two losses, stuff like that. I think they want to send their seniors off in, in, in the right way with a bone win. LSU, maybe they want to get the season done with, head off into the Brian Kelly era with a fresh slate and move on and get 2022 rolling. So, I'll take the Wildcats here. I'll take the Wildcats. A couple Big 12 teams knocking off SEC teams in uh, these last couple bowl games here. Then all that's left, everybody, is the national championship game, which, of course, we are going to find out who's going to be playing in that game soon as tomorrow night. So, really excited for that and see who makes it out of both those, in both of those semifinal games. So, let's all head off into the NFL right now and switch gears, of course, with a couple things of note. Of course, I think we got to start off with somebody that's had as much influence with the game of football over the last several decades than anybody, and that is, of course, John Madden, the legendary coach, broadcaster, and, of course, who the Madden game is named after. And and just thinking about that and just saying that, how much of a profound impact he's had on so many generations with the coaching generation, with him as a coach, and how he affected people in that regard. The broadcasting generation, how many people took note of his broadcasting skills, of him color commentating, and maybe how they learned a little bit more from him really helped them out. Maybe they eventually became coaches, maybe players, maybe broadcasters themselves. And then also in the man generation, and which really exploded later on to something really huge and where you got to learn something from that game as well. When you got that, I think there's an Ask Madden feature in those games, which is really cool. So you really got to learn a lot uh, from, from him, and he impacted a, ho- a whole lot of different generations, those three generations in, a, in particular. And, of course, the last time we heard him commentate a game was what I found out last night, and I couldn't believe it because I remember a little bit of this game and where I was was the 2009 Super Bowl was the Super Bowl for the 08-09 season with the Steelers and the Cardinals facing off against each other. I remember it well. It was the ice storm of 09 here in Crothersville. We didn't have power. And there's a lot of people that didn't have power around here, but we knew uh, of, a cu- of a few people that did. We asked one of them, hey, can we come over and watch the, the Super Bowl? They were like, yeah, sure. And so that's how I watched that Super Bowl, and that's how I remember it. And so it's kind of wild to think that, you know, it feels like it's been longer since 09 since we last heard him commentate a game. But, of course, that game was so much fun. And looking back at some of the highlights from it, you had the James Harrison interception return 100 yards for touchdown. You had Larry Fitzgerald having a great game. You had the well-known catch from Big Ben to San Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone. A legendary Super Bowl play. So, kind of crazy to think that his last game, I remember really where, oh, really well where I was and uh, just my reactions and watching this game. But, I mean, nothing else I can say can really put the words like how much of an impact that he's had on so many people, and, uh, you know, just by playing Madden, he's had, in effect, 
an effect on me as well. And learning some more about the game and on Madden. Even though Madden can be so so frustrating sometimes. But that's another story. That's another that's another pod for another day. It's just how much of an impact and how much you learn of the game by playing it. And just like how maybe you could lead somebody into wanting to play and to wanting to coach and maybe trying to broadcast. And so in each of these endeavors that he had, he could have, in effect, led somebody to do one of those three things. And, uh, you know, it, it's crazy to see the impact that he's had on so on, on so many people for so long. And, of course, there's this documentary out about him now. And uh, going through his career and what he's done and who he's affected. Uh, I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but... And just uh, in hearing the process. I, and, you know, I was watching FS1 yesterday. And Tom Rinaldi, who helped co-direct this documentary, he was saying they put out... 38 interview request. All 38 said yes. And that is really rare for some somebody that's in this type of in that type of business for so long where you put out that many requests. And you would expect probably there's going to be some no's, but everybody in this regard said absolutely. And the greatest thing that you could have ever hoped for in the days before his passing is that he and his family got to watch this in full. I believe it came out on Christmas Day. They got to watch it in full. So I'm really happy for him and his family that they got to sit down together and to watch this documentary. And uh, then, of course, a few days later, he he passed on. So he's had a huge effect on the game of football. And in effect, if you've played Madden at some point in your life, he's had an effect on you in some ways. So just... A crazy amount of influence that he has had on the game of football. And how much he has meant to the game of football over the last several decades. So he is going to be truly missed. And so moving on from that. Let's talk about something that's affecting the game right now. And that is the COVID protocols. They have been changed a little bit since we last talked, of course. If you kept up, COVID has kind of rattled the NFL with the Omicron virus, with the Omicron variant, kind of ravaging through its way through the NFL, through the NBA, and through some of the NHL as well. So that's a big talking point. And of course, one thing that's been talked about is with this variant, it's as contagious, but it doesn't come with some of the same symptoms that. You know, the original virus had that the Delta may have had. That's a little bit different. It's more contagious, but it's not as bad. And so, one thing that the CDC has done, and that all these other sports leagues have done, in uh, changing their protocols and updating and keeping up with what the CDC is doing and what they're saying, is that they are changing some of their protocols that they have had. And so... And looking at some of the stuff they did, they've agreed to cut COVID isolation time to five days. And this is, again, coming from what some CDC has said about this new variant and how to handle that. 
And so this agreement includes both vaccinated and unvaccinated players. And it's really contingent on the players being asymptomatic or at least demonstrating that the symptoms are shrinking and they're resolving. And if you're unvaccinated, but you're asymptomatic, you have a really good shot of coming back soon. If you're vaccinated, asymptomatic, you have a really good shot of coming back soon in that five-day time period. Maybe a little bit sooner. Maybe you got two negative tests, and I think you, I've read you can come back sooner. And so, these could be really huge for some teams going down the road, but also something to keep an eye on, see how much of this affects teams down the road. If uh, you maybe have some players that are going to miss some games, and if you're going to have some key guys that are missing, particularly some of your star players, and see if they miss any games. But I think if you're the NFL, it, this can help out with some of the teams that have been ravaged by COVID here recently. Maybe this helps out a little bit. So really curious to see how these new protocols are going to take into effect in the NFL, NBA, and the NHL and see what kind of effect they're going to have on those leagues. So there's the COVID changes and uh, let's talk about some of the games and some of these games may have been affected by COVID protocols with some people being out. So let's go into the games and let's talk about what happened in week number 16. Of course, we got a couple more weeks after this season so it's going to be really interesting to see how everything unfolds. A lot still has to be determined with the playoffs. They're coming, everybody. They're coming. And we still got some spots to be filled out. We still got to figure out who's all going to be in this thing. Because I think we pretty much know who some of the top teams in the AFC and NFC that they're going to be in it. But really, the, the bottom tier, that the four, five, six, seven range, Figuring out who's going to be in there for sure. And uh, we're, we're set up for a wild finish here to wrap up the season. So, let's take a look at Week 16. 49ers and Titans. Uh, I did not get to see this game. I was uh, going to see the Matrix with Charles. And uh, keeping up with this game, listening to this game on the radio... 49ers got off to a really good start. Jimmy G looked really good. It seemed like it was going to be hard for the Titans to stop him. And I was like, oh boy, this, 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 should, this isn't going to be fun. And uh, Jimmy G, he did have a couple turnovers in this game. Uh, Titans defense came to play when it needed to. And the Titans offense came to play when it needed to as well. AJ Brown having a really huge game in his return. And a much-needed return for him for this Titans offense. And the Titans, they did just enough to win this game. And it went at 22-17 on the field game-winning field goal of Randy Bullock. And so the 49ers, who were red hot, take a loss in this game. And the Titans, they win 20-17, inching to 10 wins on the season. And so I think this is the first time they've gone 10 wins in back-to-back seasons since 07-08. So 
really remarkable for them, but John is still not done. They have a chance to clinch the AFC South here in the next two weeks. And there's also still some possibility that some, the seeding could change. Maybe they move up to number one. There's always that possibility with them, of course, holding the tiebreaker on Kansas City. So that could be huge and could come into play later on down the line. So that was Thursday Night Football for you last week. We also had some Christmas Day games. That's right, we had some Christmas Day games with four teams playing, with Cleveland going to Green Bay and Indianapolis going to Arizona, two of the top teams in the NFC playing in, on Christmas with one team winning and one team losing. First, we're going to start at Green Bay with Green Bay and Cleveland. Cleveland was in this, but no thanks to Baker Mayfield. With uh, with four interceptions in this game. Four bad interceptions in this game. Probably was the difference, even though this game was close for Cleveland. Thanks to Nick Chubb for kind of helping them stay in this game. And also to the Cleveland defense for not letting the Packers do as much on offense as they as they would want. But Baker, I'm I'm wondering what they're going to do with him at, with the off season. I'm wondering what's going to happen in the off season. And uh, it's going to be fun to see if they're going to keep him or if they're going to move on to somebody else. Because four interceptions. I mean, and you still had a chance to win there at the end. It can't happen. If you're a franchise guy, number one overall pick, it can't happen. So Green Bay gets the win there. As they get their 12th win of the season, 7-0 at home. So talk about home field advantage right there for the Packers. And then Indianapolis and Arizona. Indianapolis missing a few players. Darius Leonard, Quinn Nelson. Missing a lot of big-time key pieces for them. And they still go into Arizona, and they win. Arizona has been out a couple pieces of their own on offense with James Conner and with DeAndre Hopkins, both out. But the Colts, they did enough to win here. Carson Wentz, good game from him. Jonathan Taylor just keeps on rolling on. Another 100-yard game from him. And Indy, they keep on pushing 9-6 9-6 right there. Really good win for them on the road, of course. We'll have to see because with uh, next week with Carson Wentz, if he's going to play or not. That's still up in the air. It could be him or it could be Sam Ellinger, the former Texas quarterback, making his first NFL start. So we'll have to see how that goes. But the Colts, they get a win here. Very much needed win for them. Next up, we have our regular Sunday games with the Ravens and Bengals. And I know Matt probably doesn't want to talk about this game too much, but Cincinnati just hangs 41 on Baltimore's defense and wins by 20. Joe Burrow, talk about having a career day. 524 passing yards. I think the fourth most passing yards thrown in the game in NFL history. 37 of 46. Four touchdowns. Joe Mixon had a touchdown on the ground, a touchdown receiving and then T Higgins you know Jamar Chase has been getting a lot of love this year T Higgins has come on here late 12 receptions 194 yards and two touchdowns 
by himself in this game. And of course, the Ravens, listen, no Lamar, no Tyler Huntley, who's who was out due to COVID. So you had journeyman Josh Johnson, who actually didn't do awful if you look at his stats, but Baltimore's defense just couldn't stop Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offense. If you're, if you're looking at that Cincinnati offense for the future, boy, is it scary. And I'm not even including Tyler Boyd, who had a really good game in this one as well. He almost had 100 yards receiving, too. He had almost three 100-yard receivers in this game. It's wild. And so, next game, we're going to Minnesota, and we're going to talk about the Rams and the Vikings. Not a technic- Technically, not a good day for Matt Stafford. Throwing a couple of interceptions, uh, throwing, I think, three interceptions to be exact in this game. But still, the Rams were able to stay in it despite that. Uh, just having really good days from the Rams special teams in defense. Cooper Cup having another amazing day. Sony Michelle, 27 carries, 131 yards, and a touchdown for him. Uh, the Vikings, they were missing a couple players like Adam Thielen, like Dalvin Cook. And they had, and the Vikings had a chance late, but they lose 30-23. to And the Rams, they're getting hot at the right time, everybody. I think me and a lot of others were kind of running them off there in the middle of the season. And boy, here they are. Next up. We got to talk about Bills and Patriots. And the Bills get a much needed win here to get back in this AFC East race. And Mac Jones didn't look all that good in this game. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to talk about maybe that's one reason why maybe he didn't throw as much in that game a couple weeks ago, despite, you know, the weather wasn't that good in that game anyway. But, I mean, the Bills still threw. But, hey, it won them the game. I'm I'm not going to, you know, give them... I'm not going to count them out again for doing that. But Buffalo, they go in there, wins 33-21. to And New England did have shots in this game. But the Bills, they came into Foxborough. And they won, and they made the most of it. Uh, Josh Allen having a really good day. Passing and rushing. Isaiah McKenzie, the unsung hero from this game. Who really came in with a couple players in that wide receiver room on the COVID list. 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. So, really good day for him. And so, the Bills, 9-6. and six. And if I believe right, they're up top of the Bills due to tiebreaker stuff. So, uh, they're up top of the Patriots. Do the tiebreaker stuff, so that's a really uh, that's a really big win for the Bills right there over the Patriots at Foxborough. That's a really huge one. They needed that. Uh, Chiefs at Ste- uh, Chiefs against the Steelers. This one was not even close. Chiefs absolutely dominated this one on offense and defense, and just taking care of Pittsburgh pretty easily, thirty-six to ten. And so I don't know how much else I need to say about this game. Other else, otherwise, Kansas City dominated this game. Uh, next up, Broncos and Raiders. Of course, there's no Tate Bridgewater in this game, so the 
Broncos had to go back to Drew Locke in this game. And both these teams still have a shot here late to trying in the playoffs, particularly the Raiders now. So, it wasn't a pretty win, but for the Raiders, I think you're going to take any win you can get to try and get into the playoffs. They move on to 8-7, and seven, and they win 17-13. And Denver scored all of its 13 points in that second quarter. So, after that, Las Vegas was good, and they went 17-13. Then we got the Sunday night game, which I, <laughs> I don't know if I need to talk much about this one. The Cowboys killed Washington. Holy crap. I was saying no way home when this game was happening. And I got some Dallas guys on my on my fantasy team. And I kept looking at the scores like, wait, no. Did they have 40-something points in the first half? No. Sure enough. Yeah, they freaking did. They had 42 in the first half. I'm saying they're like, hold on, timeout. No way. But, uh, yeah, Dak Prescott, 28-39, four touchdowns. <laughs> Couldn't do much better than that. Taylor Heineke just had a miserable day. That Dallas defense is doing awesome. You got two Defensive Player of the Year candidates right there in Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. So Dallas wins 56-14. to And then the Monday night game, Miami versus New Orleans. New Orleans was on its basically fourth quarterback with Ian Book. Miami did enough for for themselves to get the win on offense. They got Jalen Waddle back. They helped him out. That defense made it miserable for Ian Book in his first start. So Miami wins this one 20-3. And Miami's been hot here, but their wins haven't been against teams that have necessarily had the best QBs playing for them or haven't been necessarily the best teams. But anyway, Miami, that good, good on them. Seven game winning streak, eight seven right now. Uh, that's so weird. They had a seven game losing streak, and now here they are. They've won seven in a row. Really kind of crazy. So everybody, that is week number sixteen. So let's head over to week number seventeen. Of course, we have no Thursday night football. That's done for the year. We still got. I believe one more Monday night football game left and it's week seven with week 17 and that's the Browns and Steelers. Well, we're going to start off with one of the Steelers rivals one of the Browns rivals and we're going to go to Cincinnati first talking about Cincinnati having a big home game against the Kansas City Chiefs should be a fun game between these two offenses. I would expect Kansas City to have Travis Kelsey back for this game. So it should make things a little bit more interesting for the Chiefs on offense. But the Chiefs on defense have been really solid solid here too. There was a point during the season where they were just awful. Just awful. But they have turned it around big time. And if you remember, you know, they did they did that same dance here not too long ago. And so it's coming in at a good time for them. But they're, but they're going against a really strong offense that's shown a lot of promise here with Cincinnati, especially last week. With Burrow playing unbelievable. 
Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Mixon all playing well. Cincinnati's defense has played pretty well as, as well lately. For Kansas City, you're probably not going to have Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this game. You're probably going to be out a couple players. Right now, it favors Kansas City to win this game. I think it'll be close, and I think it'll be an exciting game. I'll have the Chiefs win this one. But I think this could be an exciting game in a, in the early window to watch. Dolphins at Tynes. Again, I mentioned, it's going to be a quick turnaround for Nissan Stadium with the Music City Bowl today and this game on Sunday. Huge game for both these teams. For the critics of the Dolphins, saying they haven't beaten anybody during their seven-game win streak, this is a, a game for them to kind of prove them wrong. And for the Titans, this could be a huge building block in them trying to clinch the AFC South and maybe trying to make some headway into that top spot for the AFC and maybe try to get that by. And who knows about Derrick Henry for the Titans? Who knows when he's coming back? It seems like it's inching closer and closer to that time period where he might be coming back and we're getting the news that he is. Maybe that and that bye week could really help the Titans. So there's a lot to play for for both Kansas City and the Titans going down the stretch here. And so Titans playing against a really good Dolphins team. Of course, the Titans have been hit with COVID here recently with some of their players, but it looks like they're getting some of their players back off the COVID list and off the IR as well. It looks like David Long is practicing and he's been a key piece of that defense. And so, yeah, you know what, screw it. I think the Titans offense will do just enough against the Dolphins defense. I think the Titans defense will actually really help contain Waddle, Tua, and the Miami offense really well. For uh, Even though Devontae Parker has moments, I think Waddle is the guy you got to watch out for because he can make a game-breaking play at any moment. So if you can keep him contained and I think make Tua beat you, make him beat you. And if he does, yeah, props to him. So yeah, screw it. I'll take the Titans here to beat the Dolphins and do just enough on offense. Now, having AJ Brown's going to back is really going to help. Having Julio back will help as well. Again, we're I think everybody's just waiting on when. Number 22 is going to get back on the field. Raiders at Colts. It's kind of hard to make a decision about this one because I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to play and whether it's going to be Sam Ellinger taking the snaps. And if it's Sam Ellinger taking the snaps, I could see them leaning on Jonathan Taylor a whole lot during this ball game. In which they've been leaning on him a whole lot in these last several weeks. But I'm really talking about leaning on him in this game. To give give him the ball a lot. Whether it's catching or rushing. And and really kind of making him win this game for him. If Carson isn't good to go. And Frank Reich is acting like you know Sam Elger is going to be the guy that's going to be taking the snaps on Sunday right now. 
if it's Ellinger, I think I'll give the Raiders a chance to win. I think so, because the Raiders have been sneaky this year. Derek Carr is really good. And maybe they find a way to win against this Colts team. Right now, I'm picking the Raiders, but I think if Carson Wentz plays with having him and leaning on Jonathan Taylor, I think the Colts win. But if there's no Wentz and they do lean on Taylor more, I think it favors more the Raiders. But the Colts got a solid defense too. They got a really good defense. But I'll I'll take the Raiders, I guess. I, I and we'll see how that happens and see if Carson Wentz starts this week. Uh, Eagles at Washington. Eagles. Not looking too bad here. Washington really needs needs this one for <laughs> their ego for like how bad they got hammered last night uh, last week. Jalen Hurts hasn't looked too too bad this year. They uh, the Eagles have had their moments. Nick Sirianni's got uh, got them with a good identity. So I'll take the Eagles here. I'll take the Eagles here to go to Washington and. Get a division road win. Panthers at Saints. It looks like Sam Darnold's going to be starting for the Panthers. Who knows who's going to be starting for the Saints? We'll have to see. It's not. It's going to be either Book or Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. And depending on when Simeon and Hill. Get over, get over there. Stuff with COVID. I'll tell you, uh, th- this is, I, I don't know. I, right now, all of it says it favors New Orleans right now, but I honestly don't know. You know what? Based, I think based on the defense, I think I'll give it to the Saints. And, and I think they'll make some key plays on Sam Darnold there and force him into some mistakes. So give me New Orleans here. Broncos at Chargers. Chargers just had a really weird loss to the freaking Houston. I don't know why I'm laughing. My Titans took a loss to Houston, but <laughs> anyway, Chargers. They really need to bounce back here. They're still in this playoff hunt as well. And they're facing against a Broncos team that we'll see how. Uh, well, Teddy Bridgewater's doing. There's a couple other key pieces of the Broncos on their injury report that are questionable right now. Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Drew Locke. Uh, I think for the Chargers, you you hope you win this one. And I, I think they win this one. The Chargers have been inconsistent this year. But I think they'll be on the consistent side this week and get the win. One of the bigger games this week, maybe the biggest game, Cardinals at Cowboys, two of the top teams in the NFC. Right now, Dallas, I mean, Dallas is in a really good spot right now. Cardinals have been on a bad skid here recently. And I don't know if it's going to get better anytime soon. So, you know what? I think, much as I hate doing this, I'll take the Cowboys. I'll take the Cowboys here to win this game at Jerry World. I win a huge game for them and their playoff chances and trying to get that one seed because that's still in play for them as well. 
So next up, we got the Rams at Ravens. And uh, I think we're probably going to get Lamar back in this game. And we're just going to have to see what was the injury report saying. Saying he's questionable. The good thing is for Ravens fans, he is back at practice. So you'll definitely have to see how he plays. How well he practices. See if he gets on the field for Sunday. The Rams. I'm sorry, Matt. The Rams are getting hot at the right exact time of the season. And I'll take the Rams. I'll take the Rams here. If you had told me the Rams were, were going to be at the top of the NFC West and pretty close to the, to the number one seed with how the Cardinals were playing, I would have thought, you're nuts. But, hey, props to the Rams. They've taken advantage of the Cardinals' skid, and uh, they're in a really good spot right now. Vikings at Packers. Vikings still have a chance to make the playoffs here. It's a Sunday night game. Primetime Kirk. I know we made fun of that in the past, but he's been actually pretty good in uh, big primetime games here. Uh, this is a pretty big one for him as well. The Packers are, are doing pretty well right now with how they're playing. Again, we mentioned this earlier. They're they're really good at home. They're 7-0 at Lambeau this year. So it's really going to be tough for Minnesota. They've they got a really... Tough stretch here with the Rams and Packers back-to-back. And I think it's going to be tough for me to see them winning this game. No Thielen. We'll have to see if Dalvin's back for this game. If Dalvin's back, that helps them out. I think I'll take the Packers. And finally, the Monday night game, Browns at Steelers. Potentially Big Ben's final home game at Heinz Field. And it's going to be on Monday night football. And how fitting. It's against the Cleveland Browns, who, of course, Big Ben has had a whole lot of success against. And with the Browns struggling the way they are, and I think if you're Big Ben, if you're the Steelers, what better way to send Big Ben off on a high note on Heinz Field than to do this to the Browns at this moment in time? I think I'll take the Steelers. I'll take the Steelers here. I normally won, but weird stuff has happened. And I think this is definitely something that's possible. So I'll take Pittsburgh here. And so everybody, that is week 17. Again, only two more weeks of the season left. It is almost playoff time, everybody. Where the big games are played. So we are getting close. Right down to it. Excited to see how these next couple weeks unfold. And of course, we'll be back next week and the week after to talk about them excited for that and see how everything unfolds in the AFC and the NFC again a whole lot still left to be decided so that'll do it for us here everybody thank you guys for listening to this week's pod again you can can go find us whatever your podcast preference is you can find the entertainment channel on there as well and that'll be the final pod for 2021 for both channels and so like to say happy new year to everybody hopefully you all have a happy and safe 2022 and uh look forward to talking to you guys about what's going on in the world of sports 
we're on the entertainment channel talking about what's going on in the world of TV and movies and other stuff. So until 22, everybody, this has been Ryan McDaniel. Thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time.